everyone. Welcome to another episode here in Aloha and Peace. I'm Dr. J. I am your host. I'm a licensed psychologist and psychospiritualist. And if this is your first time joining me here on this podcast, I want you to know that this space is something that's co-created together in order for us to learn different psychology tips, as well as, as well as different perspectives and paradigms that we can take away from spending a few minutes together that really help you to live a life that matters. And if you're here listening to my voice today, I am so excited that you are here because I will be introducing you in a few moments to a very inspiring and esteemed colleague of mine. Her name is Dr. Denise Simpson, and she is a life and leadership coach who helps individuals overcome their fears, guilt, and self-doubt so that they can truly live a life that matters, so that they can reach their levels of success that they know they can achieve. And I'm so excited for you guys to be hearing in a few moments the different stories that she is going to be sharing with you that actually help to highlight why I'm so inspired by this beautiful soul and why she really truly does embody for me someone who walks the talk. And you'll be able to hear some of the different tips that she'll be sharing with you in terms of how she got to where she is today, as well as different things that she wishes she knew on her path, on her journey when she started. So without further ado, Please welcome Dr. Denise Simpson. Hey, everyone. So I'm here with Dr. Denise Simpson, a life and leadership coach who helps ambitious women overcome their fears, guilt, and self-doubt so that they can reach their next level of success with deep fulfillment. How are you doing, Denise? <laughs> Dr. J, thank you for having me. It's thank so you wonderful so to be here with you. Thank you so much for being on this podcast. Super excited to have you here because you have been such an inspiration for me since we met, what was that, two years ago now? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. So I had to have you on my show because I would love for you to share your story because I know you're very accomplished, but you're such a down-to-earth person. And I want my listeners to be able to hear your story and just take away what they can best as they can. Well, I am honored to be here. And yes, it's been two years, Dr. J. <laughs> and, and by the way, for, for your wonderful listeners, you were on one of my um, live shows uh over on facebook and you yeah. gave my my audience and my listeners such you know invaluable information you walked them through an exercise you even put me on the hot spot so <laughs> it was a that. wonderful interview that yeah. i i had with you so we're gonna have to finish that session yes <laughs> <laughs> okay so the first question i would like to start off by asking you is if you had any superpower in the world what would it be? That's such a great question. And you know, that's really hard to answer. I think because we're, we're a big Marvel and DC family. Like, yes, we're Marvel and DC. If y'all don't know the, the Marvel <laughs> family, the DC family, it's all the superheroes and, and the, the you know, amazing men and women who play these amazing characters, right? With these superpowers. And I, I like, I am very simple. I just want to if I could have a superpower, I want to instantly and like magically like heal people from any unnecessary pain or suffering. Like if I could, it, it would be, you know, a snap of a finger. Like yeah. I would be able to heal anyone in, again, unnecessarily feeling pain and anguish mm -hmm. and suffering. Gotcha. I think that would be an amazing superpower because I don't want to go fly. You know, I don't want to... <laughs> you know, read people's minds either. Like, no, I just, I want to, I want to help heal people. And if, if I had a superpower, I'd want it to be instantly. 
Yeah. So I love that you said unnecessary pain. Tell me more about that. Why did you feel like you had that compulsion to make that distinction? Yeah. (laughs) Unnecessary pain. Well, I think a lot of us are living with pain and suffering unnecessarily. Like in life, pain is inevitable, right? This is something that, that is, is a non-negotiable. It's, it's almost a non-negotiable, right? Like if you're in these physical bodies living in this physical space, time, reality, pain is part of that contract. Pain is going to happen. But suffering has always been a choice for us. Mm. And, and I believe that so many of us really forget that pain is necessary for us to live through this life, to grow and expand in this life. Like mm-hmm. we need to know what we, what we don't want. So we know what we do want, right. but a lot of unresolved pain turns into unnecessary suffering. And this is what leads to depression and mental illnesses and anxiety and all of the, you know, you obviously being in this field, you know exactly what I'm talking about. And, and, and a lot of this may lead to disease and other illnesses. And so unnecessarily we're suffering in this life where if we would, you know, resolve the pain, right, take a deeper look at the pain before it turns into suffering and then ultimately anguish in our lives. And so if I had a superpower, I would instantly help heal anybody who's unnecessarily suffering because yeah. pain, pain is necessary. Pain is like, it's a non-negotiable. You're going to want to feel pain, right? We want to feel alive. We want to feel like we're, we're, we're growing and expanding from this pain and, and preserving all those learnings, right? But the suffering, my goodness, you have a choice in that matter. Yeah, that's, that's awesome that you say that because a lot of people don't know that there is a difference between pain and suffering. And I love that I love equations. So this equation that I came across a few years ago that suffering is equal to pain plus resistance really highlighted and hit it home for me in terms of what the difference is between pain and suffering. So you're absolutely right. Pain is necessary for us to grow to figure out what we want in life. But that suffering, if left unchecked, goes and morphs into something like anguish, right? Right. Absolutely. Yeah. And I love that you said that, that, you know, pain plus resistance equals suffering mm-hmm. and the resistance that we have, right? A lot of us think resistance looks like, um, you know, no, I'm tougher than this. I, I'm not going to feel this. I'm not, you know what I mean? Like, or, and then there's others that, that practice resistance by buffering their emotions mm-hmm. and like, you know, numbing them. And that's a form of resistance. I feel yeah. when you're not facing the, the pain head on mm-hmm. and, you know, before it starts pestering and then eventually turning into suffering and then ultimately anguish. Yeah. So you said you want to help people heal instantly at the snap of a finger if you could, <laughs> which probably likely means that you've been there before. So with that being said, what would you say has been your biggest healing moment? Wow. Well, I've had several, but I want to say the most profound has been the the most recent, Mm -hmm. (laughs) Uh, the most recent learning um, and that I healed from. And so let me give you some context here. I have been married for 10 years to an amazing, brilliant husband. And he and I, uh, we've, we've, we've talked about having children, right? We, there's been moments where 
you know, I've, I've been wide open to having children. And then there's moments where I said, no, absolutely not. And once I went through uh, neuro-linguistic programming training and was doing my own therapy and my own uh, timeline therapy sessions, I came to the realization that why I wasn't creating a family with him was because of some very buried and unhealthy limiting beliefs about me being a mother. Hmm. And without NLP, I wouldn't have discovered that I had these limiting beliefs that were keeping me from creating this beautiful family with an amazing husband who is already an amazing father. We have, we share two boys already. So there was so much that I had to work through. And the only reason why I was able to um, decide to, to pursue motherhood was because I did the work, uh, the NLP work. And so that was just um, a little less than a year ago now, Dr. J, that I uh, decided after all of this session, all these sessions um, really finally resolved that pain that had turned into suffering for me because I had, you know, in many areas of my life, I was extremely successful and fulfilled except for this one area. Yeah. It was the one area that was causing me so much suffering mm-hmm. and again, unnecessarily. And so when I finally did the, the belief work in doing the timeline therapy and the hypnotherapy and all the other things that we do in NLP, right? Mm-hmm. And you know, because you're, you're a practitioner yourself, that's when I finally realized that I was worthy of being a mom, that wow. because of all of the childhood trauma and the sexual abuse mm-hmm. and, the, and the, the modeling that I took after my parents, yeah. because they were my primary role models, a very unhealthy marriage, very unhealthy relationship, mm-hmm. um, a lot of physical abuse and emotional abuse. And then I suffering from sexual abuse so much that I endured as a little girl. Yeah. No child should endure. And so all those beliefs were buried in my subconscious. And I didn't know that. Here I was saying, well, I am so wonderful. I've got, I've created this beautiful, magnificent life. I created this beautiful man in front of me, a loving, respectful husband. Mm-hmm. Why can't I get through this problem, this perceived problem of not, not wanting children? Mm-hmm. What's happening here? I mean, I felt like I was butting up against something, a ceiling that I couldn't break through. Yeah. And so when I did the NLP work and I, you know, unearthed all of those limiting beliefs and, and, and it, it's not an overnight process. I mean, there is, there's a process with NLP that you have to go through and I, and I doing that myself. And of course, um, also under the guidance and supervision of another NLP practitioner, my coach, I mean, I was able to break through that and it was like the, the heavens parted for me when I came to the realization that I could be an amazing mom and that I am worthy of being a mother. Yeah. And when that was decided, when I made that decision in my mind, I told my husband, he was so excited. We immediately went into IVF, mm-hmm. which is in vitro fertilization, because at the age that I'm at, I'm already in my 40s. He's already in his 50s. And there's, you know, we, we wanted to make sure we were, we were following the you know, proper guide, guidelines and, and medical uh, supervision so that we could have a beautiful, healthy baby. 
and, and we went through a few rounds. But here's what's interesting, Dr. J. Even though we went through all these rounds and we, you know, we endured what we needed to endure through these rounds. And if you know about IVF, then you know that a woman is serious and, you know, she and her partner are serious about this process because it takes a lot of time. It takes a lot of sacrifice. It takes a lot of money, right? It takes so much to go through each of these rounds. And so we went through a few and, um, you know, I wish this ended in a, hey, we're pregnant, but, but we're not and we've decided to stop the procedures and just close that chapter of our lives and continue creating this beautiful life that we've been creating for the past 10 years without a child child of our own yeah just knowing that i've cleared these blocks dr Mm -hmm. jake knowing that i'm worthy of this love and that i'm worthy of being a mom and that all of that pain and suffering that i endured as a little girl that i brought into my adulthood and as a wife that i didn't have to live at the effect of them anymore Mm -hmm. that was the most liberating healing growth that i've ever had in my life and i've had many and this is the most recent and the most profound to this day. And so, wow. yeah, that's what we're doing. We're moving on with our lives and we, and I'm fulfilled with it. And I'm, I'm very happy with, with closing that chapter. Wow. Thank you so much for being so vulnerable, Denise. Oh, so thank you. It's it wasn't, you. <laughs> <laughs> so it wasn't like an aha moment for you. It was a process. Yes. And I wonder if there was a moment where, you, like you said, the clouds parted and you were like, yes, I'm, yes, I'm ready to put into yes. action what I've come to know is no longer the things that hold me back. Right. And it was a slow progression, right? I mean, it's so, so with NLP, it could be instant, right? Mm-hmm. We, can, we can have instant uh, uh, success. We can have an instant realization of something, right? Especially when a limiting belief was pretty surface level. Mm-hmm. But when you're dealing with a very buried, powerful limiting belief, like the one that I had pro- was programmed when I was a little girl, right? It it took a while. It took a, it was a process, and and then and then after all of that, uh, all those sessions and all that healing. Yeah. Yeah. It was like, finally, I was able to discuss this without feeling suffering, without Mm -hmm. feeling the emotional charge around motherhood. I was now able to see clearly that I was worthy and I am worthy and Mm -hmm. that, and that it was time to try at least give it a shot. And that's when IVF was a choice for us. Mm -hmm. So before you started on this part of your journey where you figured out and you learned, you realized that you are worthy of being a mother, I wonder how you knew it was a problem that you didn't want to be a mother. So how did you know that there were limiting beliefs that gave you that belief? Because there are people out there that don't want to become a parent and it's not a limiting belief, but they just, they're not passionate about being parents and that's not part of their journey. So how did you know that it was a problem for you? Well, my heart spoke to me. Mm -hmm. It was like, I was not whole. Like I had two parts battling against each other. That's well, how I, I knew. That. Mm-hmm. That's how I knew that part of me wanted to bring a, a, a child into this world and to bring it into a, a, a relationship and a family and a marriage like ours because mm-hmm. my relationship with my husband is magical. It truly yeah. is. Mm-hmm. And, and 
And I kept thinking logically, is there something wrong with me? that I don't want, some days I want to have a child, but some days I, I don't want to have a child. Like what, why is this, 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 the tug between yes, have one because maybe society says you should have one. Maybe my culture said you should be, you know, you should be a mom. So mm-hmm. here I was battling the brain going, but society and the culture and this and that, and, and the pressure that women put on others. And it's true. <laughs> if you're not a mother, <laughs> you are, you know, you know, you're not a mother, right? You know, you don't, you get excluded from a lot of things, but, but naturally, right? So there I was with the logical brain going, oh my gosh, should I be having a child? Should I want a child? Mm-hmm. I've got marriage, amazing spouse. Why? And then on the other side, it was like, why not? What's wrong yeah. with you? Like mm-hmm. there was so much, it was a battle of yes and no. And, and it was like my, my, I was, it, it, I was manic sometimes. Sometimes I was like, okay, I'm going to convince myself. I'm going to willpower it into being, I'm going to white knuckle this. I'm going to have a baby. Yeah. And there's days where they're like, no, I can't bring a child into this world. Look how crazy I am. Look how Mm. miserable I am. Look how, you know, I'm going to cause this little one to have unnecessary suffering. Like, no, I can't bring a baby. So it was, it was a battle. It was that battle, that constant tug and push and pull was there for you, even from the beginning. From the beginning. Yeah. So there's a caveat, not a caveat. There's a particular word that you use that made me like that turned on that light bulb for me when you said, I can't do this. Like I can't bring a child into this world. Look at me. And I wonder if that's a distinction that others that are listening to your story now can actually make for themselves where they know they're listening to their heart when it's speaking about desire versus when we start to bring in limitations that other people say are there when it's their own limitation. So when we start to use the words like should or can't, right? So those are the limitations and the boundaries that other people project onto us that we've inevitably become pro- programmed with since we're, ever since we're young. So I wonder if that's something that you learned to listen to. It's you listened to the, the can'ts or the should or the shouldn't, and you realize, well, that's not my heart speaking. Right. That's the programming speaking. Yeah, the should and the shouldn'ts and 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 all the the manuals that we that we have for ourselves and how to live, right? Like the yeah. models that we've created, internal and external models that we've created for ourselves. Mm-hmm. It's like you should be a mom because you've been you know you've been married a year already, and why are, why aren't you having the kids? You should be trying to have a kid right now, especially mm-hmm. in my culture. Um, I was questioned all the time. <laughs> what was wrong with me? What was wrong with him? Yeah. And to this day, I get asked all the time, if you are, if you're so in love with your husband, why don't you have children? You should have children right now. And so all of that programming, right? All of that. And we're only human. We're not robots. We're, we're emotional beings. And we take a lot of someone else's beliefs and mm-hmm. others programs into our own minds. And then we make them, we put them on for size and they fit really good. And it <laughs> stays in our, you know, it stays there until you, you, you reach a moment in your life where you, you decide enough with the suffering. Yeah. So I heard you, I heard you say, Denise, that you guys went through a few rounds of IVF and have decided to close that chapter. Tell me about making that decision. It was actually easier than I thought it would be. <laughs> it was very easy because I had already really settled into the knowing Mm -hmm. 
that I deserve to be a mom and that it was okay. Like it was all worth it. Yeah. It's it's, like to be at this moment, to be able to have the freedom to say, the choice to say, yeah, it's okay. This, this may not work. And yes, there are, there are other options like adoption and, and, and having a surrogate, so many other things that we could do. Yeah. But it, it was the freedom that released. It was the freedom that I now felt from the release of all the resistance that I had from those limiting beliefs that were anchoring me. Mm-hmm. Wow. So your goal wasn't necessarily, we have to have kids. My husband and I have to have kids, but it was that choice in saying, I deserve to be a mother. So I'm going to put in the action to, you know, back up what I choose. And that was, that's what gave you the freedom that made it so easy for you to say, okay, we can close that chapter now. That's right. That's wow. right. That's exactly wow. that's right. Amazing. That's and amazing. It's been a powerful and the, one of the most profound learning experiences of my life. And mm-hmm. now I can live the rest of my life knowing that it's okay to not be a mom and, and, and that, you know, you're going to have this amazing husband who's going to support you in, in all of your growth and all mm-hmm. of your learnings. And, and it's okay uh, to not bring a baby into this world. It's okay. You are deserving yeah. of it all. And so yeah. that was freeing. Wow. That's amazing. Thank you for sharing that to me. It's easy with you, Dr. Jen. <laughs> really. So tell me, Denise, if life purpose isn't a noun, it's a verb. It's the you, Denise, putting into action, putting into steps what you believe, what you deserve. If your life purpose is a verb, how do you live your life purpose on a day-to-day basis? Oh, gosh, I, I, I love thinking of your life purpose as a verb. I think that is so neat. I think just you saying that, like, you know, if it's, if, if we, we use it as a verb, you know, what would it look like? And I kind of felt all that right now in my body. It's like, <laughs> oh, a verb. Yes. Action. Uh, you know, for me, first of all, it's really knowing your life purpose, right? Like mm-hmm. a lot of us don't, a lot of people out there, at least a lot of my clients and my students really get wrapped up around that big existential question. What is your purpose on this earth? And, and I was lucky enough to have found my life purpose very, very early on. And for me, my life purpose has been to illuminate the path of others who are wanting to deliberately create these beautiful lives that they deserve. Wow. Hold on. Rewind. Say that again, because that just totally captured me. It's to illuminate the path of others. To, yeah, illuminate it. To illuminate the path for others who are wanting to deliberately create a beautiful life that they deserve. That's my yeah. job. That's yeah. my purpose is mm-hmm. to be the torchbearer, is to yeah. shed the light in front of them. Mm-hmm. Because what I've lived through, the learnings that I have preserved and that I use in my life and now with my clients, I'm now able to illuminate the path for them. Wow. And, and of course, that's if they want, right? It's if mm-hmm. they want that. I'm right. here to serve them. Mm-hmm. And so that is my job. That's my purpose. And when your purpose is so strong and when you feel it viscerally in your body and it affects every single cell of your body, mm-hmm. then it's easy to act from that place. How did you get to that point where you knew that that was it to viscerally feel it? Because a lot of people kind of just throw their hands up in the air and they're like, I don't know what my life purpose is. I don't know what makes my, my, my cells tingle and make me feel all, you know, all the goods inside. Like people throw their hands up because they think life purpose is this huge uh, legacy 
for lack of a better word, that they need to leave behind, which is a completely different thing. So if Denise, if I told you that I was a fly on the wall and I was observing your day-to-day actions, even when you had that Dr. Denise hat off, I wonder how you're illuminating that path for others. I, for me, it's always, I'm results driven. Mm-hmm. Speaking of verbs, I mean, speaking yeah. of action, for me, every, I don't have a to-do list and I don't have like a checklist every day. I have a results list. I, that. Yeah. So, so I have to achieve a result that's measurable and that someone outside of me can say, yeah, she, she got it. Yep. It's uh-huh. measurable. Mm-hmm. And everything I do is because of this purpose. So whether it is for a client or a student or even in my life, I know that I'm here to serve others. Mm -hmm. And so everything that I put on my calendar, on my physical calendar or on my electronic calendar is a result that I'm going to create that day. Mm -hmm. And that result is, is always pushed from the purpose that I have in life, which is to illuminate the path for others. Yeah. And so for me, it's about results. I'm not going to kumbaya all day over this. <laughs> I'm, I'm very spiritual, but I'm also very rational. And I'm, I, I have this beautiful balance between these two sides of my mind and my heart. Yes. And it's two sides of the, you know, what is it? This, um, this two sides of the same coin mm-hmm. where you've got that conscious intention and then you've got that spiritual intuition. And for me, my purpose is tied to both. So yeah. there's a beautiful integration between the mind and the spirit for me. And that's, I where, I, that. that's where my purpose lives. And mm-hmm. so when you understand this and when you are fully living in this, in this place of service, everything you do is about service. Yeah. So it looks like, you know, making several phone calls a day, reaching out to my clients. If I hadn't mm-hmm. heard from them in a week or so, mm-hmm. it's about getting on social media and delivering a message that I know will impact many who are suffering out there. It mm-hmm. looks like me serving on nonprofits. It looks like me being a volunteer here in my area. You know, it, it looks like many things. Yeah. So it's not just business, but it's also my personal life. And so this purpose runs my life and therefore the results that I want to create every day. Yeah. Yeah. Excellent. So I heard you say the word deliberate, right? You want to um, illuminate the path for those that want to deliberately create their lives, right? And right. I love that you use that word because I'm all about, I have two favorite words that like are tattooed on my body, right? I want to live with inspiration and with intention. Beautiful. So if I want to intentionally create my day to inspire others, it's about being deliberate. And I, I heard you say that word, deliberate. So what would you say is your biggest life tip for individuals who want to deliberately live with intention to, like you said, merge that rational side of you and that spiritual side of you? Yeah. So, so many of us are creating by default. Yeah. Right? You know, mm-hmm. we Tell wake more. up. Right. We wake up. We have lots of habits that are already formed in our neural pathways. We are doing the same thing every single day, right? Mm-hmm. It's just what the brain likes. The brain likes efficiency. It wants yeah. to be efficient. And the, and the way we do that is to automate these behaviors, which then become habits. Mm-hmm. So, so many of us are creating by default. And not until we realize or there's a result in our life that is that is painful or that has turned into suffering, that's when we wake up. And that's when we say, there has to be a better way to live. And, mm. and if I've been creating by default, what's the alternative? Oh, it's to deliberately create. And, and the life tip that I want to give anyone who's interested in deliberately creating is I want for you to question all of your thoughts. 
question every thought that pops in because your thoughts are a byproduct of your beliefs. Mm -hmm. Your beliefs can create or they can destroy. And it's up to you how you want to use power that you wield from your beliefs. Yeah. If you want to become a deliberate creator, then let's start questioning your thoughts. How do we do that? How do we question our thoughts? So obviously neuroscience shows that there's multiple thoughts that come rushing in with multiple emotions, right? Mm -hmm. Sometimes it could be a blaring thought that comes in, or sometimes it's a blaring emotion that comes in. And so you've got a barrage of things going on in your brain. Mm -hmm. It's really about just calming down the nervous system, calming down your brain a little bit, and just find the thought, that nagging thought, that one thought. For me, that thought was, you're not worthy to be a mom. Mm -hmm. What was the thought that kept flashing before my eyes? And sometimes it was an image, and sometimes it was a a voice, and sometimes it was a sound. Sometimes it it came in different forms for me, right? So what's the thought, the one thought that 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 is harboring in your brain, the one that's just lingering in your brain, the one that's ruminating right now for you. Mm-hmm. So pick that thought and just sit with it and get curious. Don't judge yourself. Have some grace, have some reverence for yourself. I love that. Yeah. Sit with the thought and get curious about it. You know, I'm mm-hmm. a researcher, you know, I, I've done a lot of research with my PhD. I, I love researching. I know that's not natural for some people, right? Mm-hmm. <laughs> But if you want to change your life, then you're going to need to become curious about your thoughts mm-hmm. and where that thought is coming from, which is coming from a belief. Mm-hmm. Now, is that belief serving you? And if it's not serving you, and you'll know this because of the result that you've created in your life, you'll know exactly if it's serving you because of how it feels, because of the behaviors you've taken from that thought or those beliefs, and then ultimately the results that you've created. Mm-hmm. It's really about getting curious about your thinking. It's metacognition. It's thinking how thinking about your thinking, right? Yeah. That's that's what this is about. So mm-hmm. settle in with that thought and get curious about it. And it'll link you to the belief, the belief yeah. that is either serving you or not. How do we change that belief that's linked to those thoughts in a way where it's effortless and not feeling like it's like pulling teeth or dragging <laughs> our feet? You know, because especially when with limiting beliefs that have been in place for so long, we get so caught up in different ways that it wouldn't work for us to oppose it. Does that make sense? So if there's a limiting belief that's been there forever, how do we replace that limiting belief with one that serves us? That can be a great question. Mm -hmm. Yeah, great question. And so, you know, for me, it was practicing NLP. Mm-hmm. getting a coach, getting a therapist, mm-hmm. getting someone that'll hold you accountable. It's, it's, you know, cause there's things that we can do alone and, and, and what's that saying? You know, you can go far alone, but you can go, go further with, with, with someone else or with people yeah. or with the team. And so I, I strongly believe that we're here, you know, to support one another. And so if, if, if you are, if you have a, a limiting belief that is anchoring you mm-hmm. and seek some help, you, you, there's so many amazing NLP coaches out there. There are many uh, wonderful result coaches and, and therapists out there that can help. Mm-hmm. And so it's, it's just first and foremost, identifying that thought that is linked to a belief. Yeah. And if that belief is something that is um, 
like you said, it is, it's anchored. It's, it's resistant. It's really strong, Mm -hmm. but that's because of all the emotional charge sometimes that we have around that belief. Yeah. It's really about, you know, finding some help to get, to get you from where you are now to where you want to be. Mm -hmm. And, and sometimes it's, it's, you know, easier said than done. So my, my main recommendation is to get some help, hire someone that can challenge your beliefs, that can challenge the models that you've created for yourself. I love that. We're too close to that. Mm -hmm. (laughs) It's hard to see past our nose. And so that, that's why I, you know, not only did NLP uh, solo on, on myself, self-evaluation, self you know, hypnosis and, and, and all the wonderful techniques that we can use in NLP, but I also hired an NLP coach, mm-hmm. someone that could hold me accountable yeah. because it's not, it's not only about, you know, releasing those limiting beliefs, but okay, what do we do with it now? Do we take action from, the, from, this, <laughs> from this new stage? Like, or do we just sit on our butts and, and, and just, you know, relish in that, you know, we got a limiting belief release. Cool. No, it's about changing your life. It's about yeah. creating the results that you want in your life. And you have to be deliberate in that. Mm-hmm. And so, okay, we go through this process. We identify the belief. We, we, we do some techniques. We do what we need to do with our clients. Mm-hmm. And then we help them take action from that new space, from that yeah. new place of, of understanding and awareness. Mm-hmm. And then from there is where the magic happens. You start implementing and you start, you know, creating strategies and you start, you know, g- taking action from a place of love and compassion for yourself and understanding for yourself. And so it's, it's a beautiful process. And yes, you need to be guided sometimes, right? It's, it's absolutely every single one of us. Yes. Yes. Yeah. So there was, so yeah. So there was something that I had posted recently on social media and it, it spoke about how you and I, we are each God's masterpiece, whether we think God is a he, she, they, it, the universe, infinite intelligence, whatever God is for each and every single one of us, we are each God's masterpiece. And someone had actually made a comment to me about how, oh, I'm no, I'm no masterpiece. And it got us to thinking about what that means in terms of why we have such low self-worth or things that get in the way when we consider who we really are inside. And the only thing that he really needed to, to kind of nudge him out of that space of, well, I'm not worth anything was just a simple thought. And I don't know who said this, but when you're stuck inside the jar, you can't see or read the label on that jar. So I am a hundred percent all for that proponent of we all need someone, mm-hmm. right? There's not a single one of us that's an island on to ourselves. Right. I absolutely agree. Yeah. And I love that quote. I mean, we're all a masterpiece of God, of God's masterpiece. We're his, his, uh, I mean, I was raised a Catholic. I'm, I'm very spiritual. I have my own relationship to God mm-hmm. that is unlike dogma or, or the sacred scriptures. I mean, yeah. I am, I have my own definition of spirituality and my own relationship with God that is unlike yours, maybe Dr. J or whoever else is listening. Absolutely. Yeah, it's understanding that you are a, a byproduct of, of something bigger and greater than yourself. And yeah. we, we seek guidance and we seek help from others who have mm-hmm. lived through, through some pain and suffering and who are here to share and to be servants, mm-hmm. to be here to, to, to illuminate the path for you. I mean, yeah. that's, that's, it's just helping them find that awareness. It's helping yeah. them 
see that you don't have to do this alone. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. So why is it so important for you to be that light that illuminates the path for those who want to be deliberate creators? Where does your inspiration come from? It's a great question. Thank you for asking that because it's, it's because of the great suffering that I've had. Yeah. It's great suffering that I've endured. Mm-hmm. It's, it's the pain that is, that is a non-negotiable. I'm, I'm, I'm okay with the pain that life brings. Mm-hmm. That's understandable and it's expected. Mm-hmm. But because I, had, I didn't know how to condition my mind and my emotions, I then created hell on earth yeah. because of the beliefs. So it's up to you, right? Like I said, beliefs either create or they destroy. Mm-hmm. And your beliefs can create heaven on earth or hell on earth. Yeah. And I decided I was done with suffering. I was, I'm done with, with the anguish that I've caused on myself. And, 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 you know, we could do the, the victim card, right? We can play it. We can cer- I can certainly play it. Uh-huh. <laughs> there are a lot of things that, that I endured as a little girl that I shouldn't have. Mm-hmm. And I could certainly play that, but I choose not to because it doesn't serve me in any way. Not at all. And when I focus uh, that pain on, you know, that someone else inflicted on me, mm-hmm. all it's doing is causing more damage than, than good. And, and I'm here yeah. to illuminate the path. So I'm, I'm here to walk the walk and talk the talk and mm-hmm. help another along their journey. And however. Yeah. I can. yeah, absolutely. I love that. I love that. So in order for you to do that, Denise, you need to be able to fill up your own cup, right? You can't pour from an empty cup. So what are some strategies that you use to fill your cup? Ooh, <laughs> I have a lot of them, but I'll, I'll focus on just the one. Yeah. Um, uh, something I do every single morning is before rolling out of bed, I ask myself, how will I step into my greatness today? And it's love a, it. the question that leads my day. It leads my, my thoughts. It leads my emotions and it leads my actions. Mm-hmm. Therefore creating these results that I, that I talked to you about earlier. Yeah. So that question is so powerful for me. Because I believe that every single person has a greatness. Mm-hmm. And I'm not talking about individual skills and IQ and where you went to college. No, we're not, that's, that's, that's not what I'm talking about. I'm talking about how you feel the greatest, where you, where, you know, how do you step into your greatness? Because when you step mm-hmm. into your greatness, then that affects so many people, everyone in your life and, the, and a ripple effect around them. And so when you're at your, great, at your greatest, I mean, how do you respond? You respond with love. You respond with kindness. You respond with integrity. You know, when you step into your greatness, you're not robbing a bank down the street. (laughs) (laughs) You're not on Twitter bashing somebody. Mm -hmm. When you step into your greatness is when you get to change the world and when you get to live on purpose and deliberately. I love that. I love that. That's what I do every morning. Yeah, love, kindness are some things that came up for you, right? And that's totally who I envision you to be, who I see you as, this person that deliberately creates with love and kindness, especially given the, the story that you shared today saying that, you know, you've, you're done playing the victim card because every time you do that, you only choose to release or uh, give up your power, right? When we play the victim card, that's what happens. You're, you're giving your power to someone else. And I love that you're saying you chose instead of giving your power to someone else, you chose to show up every day from a place of love and kindness where you're deliberately creating and you're showing others how to do that. And the way you do that is just one simple thing you do when you wake up. The first thing you do is how will I step into my greatness today? Yes. 
It's as simple as that. Yeah. And how does that help you to, I guess, go with the flow when things come up during your day? Oh, I pivot a lot, many times during the day. I have yeah. to, you know, I'm only human, right? Yeah. We don't have, we're not robots. We have human brains. Mm-hmm. So what I try to do is, is really make sure everything is neutral. Circumstances, situations, mm-hmm. the news is neutral to me. Um, nice. People being unkind on social media is neutral to me. Mm-hmm. I put a lot of charge, emotional charge on anyone outside of myself, including my husband. I mean, in one of in my one of the vows I wrote to him on our wedding day ten years ago, I wrote, "You are not responsible for my happiness. You will never be responsible for my happiness. You are off the hook because I am the source of it all. I am the source of, love. I'm the source of joy. I'm the source of happiness. And you, my darling, soon to be husband, is not responsible. You will never be. And that includes sorrow, pain, mm-hmm. suffering." fear, all the other, all the other negative emotions out there. You, yeah. you won't be responsible for any of it. Oh. Why? Because I'm not at the effect of anyone. And I, and listen, I have my own enemies in my brain. <laughs> <laughs> I, I've got a battle every day, right? Yeah. There's a battle in, in our brains every day. Why do I want to focus on someone else's, you know, uh, um, uh, issues or, or, or hold them accountable for my happiness or my pain? No yeah. way. You released him from all of those burdens that society says is supposed to be, you know, a spouse's burden, but it's really not, is it? No, it's not. And that has been the secret to our success. I love that. Is that we're both responsible for managing our minds and our hearts. That's brilliant. That's that's the only job we have as a married couple. Mm-hmm. You know, and when we come together, we are already we have already done the work. We've right. done the mind work. Mm-hmm. So that when there is a potential to get into an argument or a potential to get into, you know, a tough discussion or conversation with him, we have already diffused all that and we come to the table neutrally. Wow. But it's about us individually doing the work. Yeah. I love that. Love it. So I'm going to rewind just a little bit because you said you are human, right? And we have the human brain. So I just want to pick a little bit. What would you say is a pet peeve of yours? I don't, I don't have any. You don't have any pet have peeves? Zero, zero pet peeves. Get out of town, Denise. <laughs> I do not I do not have a pet peeve. Wow. I don't have a pet peeve. I mean, I could maybe, you know, 10 years, nine years ago when I was first married, maybe I had a pet peeve. Uh-huh. <laughs> maybe. Outside um, of your marriage, you don't have any no, pet peeves. No pet peeves. Really? No. I don't put I don't put power into anyone else's that is amazing. Everything that is amazing. Is neutral. Dr. J, I don't. I don't have any pet peeves because I just don't see people in this way or situations in this way. I mean, that's why I've, I'm, I'm successful in business. I'm successful in my marriage because I'm not at the effect of anyone. And so if you have a pet peeve, then you're at the effect of someone else's behavior. I certainly am not. And so I don't have a pet peeve. Wow. That's amazing. So amazing. Oh, I'm not that amazing. I mean, 10 years <laughs> well, ago, I, think I, was, that's really I, was, I wasn't this self-evolved, you know, like. <laughs> mm-hmm. It takes work. It takes it's a lot taken of work. a lot of work to yeah. be in this space, to be able to say, no, I don't live at the effect of anyone, no yeah. one. 
I'm done with all that. I've got my own enemies in my brain that I have to deal with on a daily Mm -hmm. basis. The last thing I'm worried about is someone's pet peeve or, you know, stupid behavior that. (laughs) Yeah. I love that. Excellent. So one last question is if you were to imagine walking up into a chapel and you realize you're at someone's funeral but then you realize you're actually not in a body because you're spiritually there at your own funeral, who would be delivering your eulogy and what would they be saying about you? Oh my. Wow. I'd have to say, since my husband's so much older than I am, (laughs) I think he won't be there. (laughs) So it won't be him delivering the eulogy. (laughs) I'm being realistic. I think, Maybe perhaps I would want for my sister. I would want for, and I have two sisters, but Mm -hmm. the youngest, I'd want for her to deliver the eulogy. And I think because she and I are so close Mm -hmm. and we both have endured so much pain and suffering because of the the life that we've lived, Mm -hmm. uh, we've shared under the same roof with the same parents. And I think she would be the best person. And I think she would be so incredibly heartbroken with with me not being physically on this earth anymore Mm -hmm. because we're so close. But I would hope that she would say that I've changed her life and I impacted it in some way, somehow, whether it was the slightest impact to to a life-changing transformational change in her life. And mm. want for her to say that I actually did something for her. Wow. And it's, it's really not about, although I'm here to serve others, I don't want to get a reward for any of that. Mm-hmm. But all I care about is that I've, I've impacted my family. And, and especially her because of what she's been through. Yeah. Oh, that's beautiful. I hope that when she hears this, she'll actually feel the the emotions that are flowing in my heart right now too. Thank you, Dr. J. Thank you so much for your time today, Denise. So should our listeners want to know more about you and your work and your beautiful, beautiful spirit, where can they go to find more information about you? Well, two places, social media. I'm at Dr. Denise Simpson. So my social media handle is at Dr. Denise Simpson. And my virtual headquarters, which is my website, <laughs> drdenisesimpson.com. Okay. Spell your name for our listeners. Yeah. Uh, so it's D-R-D-E-N-I-S-E-S-I-M-P-S-O-N.com. Excellent. Awesome. Thank you so much for your time, Denise. It's an honor being with you here today, Dr. J. Thank you. Thank you.